0: Okay. Well, welcome, everybody, back to the Social World Podcast. I've got a really interesting guest today, Leon Reed. Now, Leon is the chief executive of um, Verisio, who are supply chain, they, they offer a supply chain due diligence service. They actually audit companies and individuals to do with risk management, and also they look at um, the supply chain risk management in modern slavery situations. So welcome to the programme, Leon. Thank you. Nice to be here. Now, tell, can you just maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to where you are now, and a bit about um, vericia what it does, what your actual sort of um, the whole meaning of the company is and what it actually uh, does to to assist in this.
1: Sure. So yeah, my background uh, originally was in the motor industry, uh, and and ended up working with BMW, um, looking at internal auditing programs and 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 things like that. And uh, eventually decided to to work for myself. So in my crazy decisions, buying a a post office and a store and a and a <laughs> bar and restaurant in Cambridge, and uh, just didn't find it to be fulfilling enough. And uh, so I really searched for uh, for an opportunity to do something more meaningful and, and entered the world of um, social compliance auditing um, with some friends in Hong Kong. So they supported me on that journey. OK, now,
0: supply chain audits is is obviously the core of your business. But just for anybody that doesn't completely understand that, would you just give us a quick gallop? Through what a supply chain is, therefore, what kind of things you're looking at every day
1: yeah, so the 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 audit uh, elements of the the business would be based upon the ethical trade initiative known as the ETI base code, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, yeah we we basically have our auditing regimes against those principles, and those principles are like the basics of what a human should be um, entitled to within their work and environment. And, and forms one part of our overall end-to-end supply chain management process. So auditing is actually just one very small part of that compliance due diligence check that that we, that we offer.
0: So I mean, yes, yeah. so, I mean, and also essentially, is some of the big take the big companies, for example, it's who supplies them. That's the supply chain, isn't it? Where they get it from, and and that could be like a lasagna almost in some of the huge companies, you know, with. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven levels of, of actual supplier eventually servicing that. That what you see in the high street is is that fair?
1: Absolutely. So, so, that's exactly what we do for our clients: is that we we understand that supply chain route and map. So, if we take the supplier that the client is paying, um, there's often many uh, factories that would be involved, and that's what we do. We map that process, understand where those factories are, and then we audit and and understand the risks that are at those particular sites.
0: Okay. Well, look, I mean, I, I, I mentioned to you before when we were just preparing for this, and um, you agreed to talk about um, what you're able to anyway, about one particular company that people might know, this would be Dunelm, who you are quite pleased with in terms of their compliance and the work that you've done with them could you just tell us a little bit about what that involved and um what it would involve therefore for any other major high street company um uh, were you to be involved with them because i do believe that you're very proud of what dunelm have done with your advice
1: absolutely we've been working with dunelm now for around 5 years um and so entering into our fifth year of of work with them and uh, you know Dun Elm have a very very uh and, well, they have a fantastic commitment to to um, supply chain and ethical trade and sustainability, known as ESG, so um, environmental, social, governance, and, and just take a, a phenomenal approach to it and ensuring that the products that they are are purchasing meet those requirements. And you know, there's a real structured process in the way that we work and a real transparency in data. And uh, a real visualization of what's happening within their within their processes.
0: Now they've got suppliers all around the world, I guess,
1: um, yeah. and therefore you have to do quite a bit of traveling, I suppose. Um, what we do now, actually, from the data perspective, is uh, our industry is regulated. Many years ago, um, social compliances uh, audits weren't regulated. We are now reg- regulated, um, which is which is a fantastic thing for our industry. And so we actually are able to take reports that are done by other companies that uh, follow the same regulation and process. and, And we take the reports and extract the information. And then that digital information we're able to put into visualization through dynamic dashboards to really give companies direction and understanding what's happening within their supply chain. And we also take the reports and as any audit, you would identify issues and those issues are also also digitalized, and evidence is provided to us where we can de-risk that supply chain by closing down issues that you know the, the issues that have been identi- identified within factories themselves. So it's um it also enables that pure yeah de-risking of a supply chain to so understanding what it looked like at the beginning um, when we first assessed, and what it looks like currently today.
0: I mean, that's. I mean, in in the case of Dunelm, having you on board for five years is a, a perfect example of of commitment. If you like, if you like to um, to clarity uh, and knowing the supply chain and sustainability. Um, I mean, did you approach them by the way, or did they through word of mouth approach you? Was it? Was, is that how it works? I mean, what about think... the Dunelm of tomorrow?
1: Yeah, we was a. I think we was a wild card, and I think I think uh, that would have been <laughs> probably an expression that uh, the contact I had there would have used. So we met them. Uh, our reports were being seen by Dunelm, and they was looking for a program, to, uh, you know, a, a company to support their program. And um, I had a meeting with a gentleman called Jeremy Mace, and um, we, we've never looked back since that point. We. We started talking about what we could do and um, they worked with us in a from a point of view of from concept to where we are today. And we're truly our first supply chain client. And, um, you know, since then, we've got 22 retail clients that we do exactly these same processes for. But the beautiful thing about working with these organizations is that. It's 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 organic in respect, to it's human lives and it's you know environmental. So we, we're constantly having to evolve and adapt um the processes. So, you know, we've yeah, it's just great. It's just great to see, you know, going from pretty much no compliance and no no processes to to understanding what's happening within a supply chain right through you know, your tiering, as we call it, the tiering of a of a supply chain. So from the manufacturing right through to, you know, subcontracting and warehousing and transportation and even down to, to raw materials.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, I, I know I asked you before about um, is it very difficult, for example, with all the different countries in the world, you know, with different legislation, different rules, different regulation and so on. But if I remember rightly, you were fairly clear saying things like, well, and and, and a, a kind of a version of modern slavery legislation sort of universally exists and also the, the international labor organization standards are quite universally kind of adhered to. Is that a, a fair thing or do do you need to explain that a bit more?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously every country has their their slight tweaks on uh the way that the the legislation is implemented uh, throughout the supply chain and, you know, within the country. Um, But they all pretty much have the same baseline set of requirements. And that would be to map your supply chain and understand where the the manufacturing would be. They would require, um, you know, due diligence processes to be included to ensure that suppliers are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Risk assessment is obviously a huge part of any, legislation there to say how do you approach this from a risk point of view because some supply chains are are quite frankly huge and um, you know it's a, it's a challenge in and of itself so you couldn't necessarily audit everybody in your supply chain but you might want to take a risk approach and say well they sit in a particular country so therefore it presents a risk they work within a certain industry so therefore it presents a risk and and work through from a high risk to a low risk uh, point of view so that's really what all of the legislation does. It also talks about um, training and um, training staff, training procurement uh, individuals to identify uh, modern slavery and spotting the signs of modern slavery. So it's that, you know, they they really all encompass the same the same sort of elements. And uh, we just build the processes around to really capture all of that data so that companies can report on it.
0: Now, you told me that you were, for example, just I asked you, what you are doing in the next month or so? And you said in a few weeks, you're going across to uh, China to visit various factories there. And my question to you then was, well, look, if you find something that's unusual or worrying, um, what do you do about it? Or do you get access easily in even somewhere that some people might say is a difficult uh, environment like China um, politically? I mean, what, what do you say to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, what we what we always work with is making sure that, uh, certainly our recommendations would be to, to our clients is to make sure they have good service level agreements in place with suppliers and the factories that they work with. And within those service level agreements, there needs to be clauses to say that access will be allowed at any given time. And, and we, we act upon that quite a lot. So we do these spot check audits where completely unannounced um, we often would audit in teams and we turn up at a facility. If they don't let us in um, that can lead to suspension of business until um, that's resolved. And, and, you know, of course um, you know, most people uh, will take actions when you when you take financial uh discipline shall we say against them or or sanctions against them. They they tend to let you in and let you get on with your job. Does that happen much? Yeah. Um yeah I mean we have because we have teams we have teams all over the world but uh well, I mean, you've got about two hundred people is that right that kind of work with you? If we took all of the freelancers, yes. A majority of that would be freelancers. So um well over fifty percent of that is freelancers uh, and that's common in our industry, so our freelancers would be qualified certified auditors that we that we use
0: mm. now I know from walking into the supermarket or to the clothes stores or whatever that fair trade you know is bandied around as a label quite a lot um, and you talk talked to me about things like i didn't know red tractor or you know um, agricultural certification there, you know there are different ways of indicating that it comes from a, a responsible source but i've often thought that, it, that the average consumer to be quite fair i mean there's nothing to do with intelligence as much as sometimes as time and and opportunity and and clarity maybe needs some more um clarity when it comes to knowing that what they're buying is uh, been responsibly sourced and responsibly priced and Therefore, possibly doesn't include um, um, slavery or you know terrible working conditions or all, all, all the bad things that we hear about. I mean, what do you think about the actual clarity of goods and services and, and things that we see?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a lack of clarity in most products that you would see. Certainly, if we were talking supermarket and and sort of food led there, or in fact any industry. But the fact that you talked about red tractor. and and fair trade yeah i mean most of the products wouldn't wouldn't have those labelling on them um and you know it's it's definitely something that uh you know needs to be addressed so that people can be more informed about the products in which they're they're buying and one of the things that we um have been discussing for quite some time about having things like a qr code on the packaging where you can scan the qr code you can understand the facility it was made in the the wages that were paid to the workers the, the the environmental conditions the health and safety conditions um the ethical standards and gradings and 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 that's something that you know it's being discussed by many uh, different people in different ways and to implement that would be fantastic and fairly straightforward but would be costly to to achieve
0: yeah, I appreciate it, but certainly it's in keeping with what you've been talking about anyway, which is an awful lot of your work essentially relies on digital information anyway. Yes. And um, a QR code would seem to be a logical thing um, with now people using them more and more and more, whether to walk in and buy a cup of coffee in, in a coffee bar or even just using it you know, to sort of mooch around the, 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 the aisles in a supermarket.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: But they can't know. Now, I tell you what, I was fascinated because it's so logical when you said to me, what would go on in your head, right, if you mm-hmm. walk into a shop, and there are many of them in this country, selling a new T-shirt, for example, for pound fifty or £2? I mean, what would that say to you?
1: Yeah, it, it screams out exportation um, because the reality is, is that we – we can take costs and you know, it doesn't work on every product, we haven't got that data, but we would certainly have it on some some items like t-shirts. And and we know what material would cost, and we know what how long it takes to make that t-shirt, and we know the the legislation on the wages that should be paid, and therefore we can come to a baseline calculation on that t-shirt. So if you're buying a t-shirt at £1.50 or £2 or even £3, the chances are that there's somebody's been exploited within that process.
0: Where do you think that we're looking? Let's take a macro look at things, maybe now. I mean, in the sense of there, there are obviously other people like yourself working around the world and, and doing the same thing to try and you know validate the moral compass, if you like, of, of, of producers and companies and individuals. But we also know that it's it's absolutely huge. The exploitation that goes on because people are always looking at the bottom line um, and uh, nefarious people you know want to manipulate that as much as possible and by that they manipulate the workers they manipulate the way that it's produced and so on what do you think the direction we're going in is it uh, optimistic is it pessimistic are you just like holding back the tide how do you feel
1: yeah i think i think um today most most companies are using um standalone audits as we started off with the conversation so uh you know, a one to two day audit, and that that's a, a, a sample in time of what's happening within a facility. Mm-hmm. And we, we do that on what's called a semi-unannounced basis. So basically, we would give, you know, factories a three-week window to say we'll be there within that period of time. Um, all in all, audits are fantastic, and they do work if they are implemented correctly, done by the right qualified uh, individuals, and then followed up on but they they have weaknesses in respect of you know that's a it's a it's a moment in time it's a sample of wages it's a s it's a sampling process and and really to 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 deal with the issues that are in supply chains, there needs to be so much more done so right from the beginning of the relationship right through to the you know to the continuation of the relationship so we would see that audits would be one part of that. But onboarding, um, and when we talk about onboarding, that's approval and, of a supplier. It's understanding a lot of that information before they become approved is really important and understanding their processes. And then, you know, doing these types of spot checks on facilities that are completely unannounced and also looking at things like how do we check their, their processes digitally in line. So, so what I mean by that, uh, you know, when a product is being manufactured, um, we can and do with certain clients check, and we go to the sites and we check the products actually being manufactured where it is, and 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 then when there's whistleblowing and non-conformity, you know, um, having investigation and remedy remedy is massive and and just really really important to make sure that a supply chain is functioning. As a, as it should do, um, you know. And when we talk about as it should do, that's treating people with respect and 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 making sure that they get all of their legal requirements.
0: Yeah. Well, look. I mean, I know you're not you're not law enforcement. I know that. No. Um, and I I did ask the question. It'd be worth asking again for people to hear. Say, for example, I'm a, a customer of yours, right? A, a big company, and you, you go and you do a, a whole deep dive into our supply chain and you find something terrible going on i don't know a coffee plantation or something like that you know employing essentially slave labor you know you you obviously you tell the company and the company you know takes care of it to some extent it's down to them to, to contact law enforcement isn't it if they if they think that's appropriate
1: Generally speaking, yes. Um, Unless there was imminent danger, then then we would we would do the um, you know call nine 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 if it was in the UK, of course, and we deal with those situations live. Um, But majority of the time, uh, we 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 take the information back to our clients, and we have a very defined process for that. Um, It's called a finding alert process. So our our
0: sorry, say that again
1: a finding a finding the alert process so, the alert.
0: yeah sorry right. yeah.
1: Okay. yeah so so that finding alert process means that um, the the auditor will um, uh, contact us immediately and um, it goes onto our platform with all of the information photography uh, photo evidence uh, descriptive evidence as much as we can possibly get and then the very next, you know, at the very earliest convenience, we then we then um, talk with our client on that basis, and we we present the issues and decisions can be made while auditors are actually still on site, um, so so that's quite good. Um, and sometimes decisions have to be made while the auditors, uh, you know, not on site, and sometimes also for the, the safety of the auditor, we would do that.
0: Well, that's fairly fairly good point. If, for example, though. What your auditor found really went to the core of that company's existence almost, you know? In other words, if they blew the whistle, yeah. they're likely to kind of take a huge hit themselves. And they say, well, thanks very much for the information. We'll, 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 we'll see what we want to do now. W- would you check up on it?
1: Would you follow up? I mean, I guess we're we're privileged that we're working with um, reputable companies at the beginning. So you know, our client base is you know big retailers, um, and and so therefore, well, big retailers and reputable companies. Um, and I think they make the right decisions uh, most of the time. And you know, it's. It's it's always challenging because once we've identified the issue, like I say, if there's not imminent danger, then we we would just provide the information. But we do because of our relationships, and certainly my relationship with the client. Um, there's quite often follow up meetings and uh, and discussions and and advice. Uh, so we don't just stop at the, the you know providing the information. We're quite often asked. What do you, what should we do in this situation? Have you had experiences with other clients? And, and quite often we'll give them sort of, you know, a good direction in which to take. Some clients use that service and some clients, you know, are, are really well established themselves and have good remediation processes and deal with it internally. So, yeah,
0: so there, is, there, are, there are some established processes in there. I think that's what I was really trying to get at. Absolutely. Now, you, you said that your industry, as it were, is now much more regulated, yeah um is there an international body or a national body that that you belong to that's now kind of getting kind of quite a lot of
1: credibility? Oh absolutely. So the the company or sorry the organization would be APSCA. So APSCA. And it's the Association of Professional Social Compliance Auditors, a bit of a mouthful, but um that's the the governing body. And now all auditors, um, you know, we are referred to as being professionals, we have to meet qualifications and we have to have continuous development training. Um, so the average auditor now has to, to go through uh three three training sessions sorry three, three exam sessions and many training sessions and lots and lots of experience before you can actually even start that journey
0: well I think yeah I mean that's good because I think people should know more about that because let's be honest people consume just about everything under the sun that you are involved in actually checking as it were um and so therefore it's huge it's like in the building industry you know we have to have people by law that go in and check sites to make sure that it's safe to make sure that they're compliant and so on and so forth and you're doing exactly the same okay different issues but you're doing exactly the same with supply chains and therefore i think it's quite important that people begin to know that you actually you're there but you're also now professionally regulated And that, you know, so therefore what you're doing is not only transparent, but it's effective.
1: Absolutely. And what it really does, it supports it's it supports legislation and those governing bodies. So, you know, we can we can quite often identify health and safety issues. Um, And and, you know, looking at if we took the UK, for instance, we can certainly look at legislation and the different requirements and the different legislation there and and advise companies on the corrective action and what needs to be done to correct those issues. And and it's really a good way of dealing with it from a partnership point of view, um, a triangulation point of view, uh, the principal clients so or the retailer's responsibility to be responsible, government taking their approach, and then obviously our third, third party validation of, of those processes. So, you know, done properly, and if those things are all considered properly, it really should strengthen what's happening in the supply chain. Yeah.
0: Well, look, we've got about a minute or so left, but I just want to just remind people that there will be considerable information on the front page of this podcast uh, about your ICO, about you, about what you do, about the links, about how to look at your website or how to look at the the work that you're doing. I, I gather your website's also, you've decided to have a bit of an overhaul at the moment, is that right?
1: Yeah. Our our website is under development and we've got a holding website in place, Um, but it it certainly gives us the, uh, will give everybody the the end to end sort of services that we do. Uh, But of course, please contact us. We would be more than happy to discuss any, any, uh, you know, concerns you have. I'll make sure
0: all the contact details are are there because I think it's important. Like I said, that I mean, I've got this kind of feeling to be honest with you, Liam, you know, it, essentially what you're doing
1: needs to step out into the light a bit more yeah it's it's a challenging one for us to step out into the light sometimes because we you know we identify some some you know particularly uh, difficult uh issues and uh sometimes that's difficult to you know, sing and shout about because obviously you know we we're working for great companies doing great stuff and every supply chain has problems and you know if you promote something that you found or identified it can have a negative slant on on a retailer that doesn't necessarily represent what's happening, if that makes sense, within the supply chain.
0: Well, look, anyway, I'm delighted that you made some time to talk to us today um, and let people listening know that there will be. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but we, I am about to do um, some more uh, podcasts uh, and there'll be the next ones coming up on um, human trafficking. So. Uh-huh. You know, in a sense, you know, anything in the world that actually degrades and criminalizes um, human beings, essentially, is worth talking about and putting a spotlight on. Absolutely. So, Leon Reid, thank you ever so much and um best of luck in the future. And thank you very much for, for talking today. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.